0: this day that you have given us thank you for your love and for your compassion and mercy thank you for the answers to prayer lord we trust in you lord our lives are staked upon you and we just want to worship you this morning with all that we are and we just pray now as we look into your word together that you will come and speak to us and be present in our midst in jesus name we pray amen We have been studying for quite a while about the word of his power and the power of his word. God's word is our truth and it's truth to us and we want to learn how to embrace it, how to, we need to know God's word in order for it to impact our living. And so we've been going through, we are towards the end of the book now. But it's been a rich study about the word of God and the power of his word and the word of his power. And so we are in 1 Peter. 1 Peter, um, we'll, we'll start with one. All right, you know who Peter was, right? <laughs> Peter was a disciple of Jesus, and he didn't write a lot. Um, Paul actually wrote much more for us in a recorded sense, although Paul was converted after Jesus was already back ascended into heaven. Um, but this part, the, these these two little letters, Peter wrote. Um, so we start in Peter 1, near the end of that chapter. Well, actually, let's start with uh, verse uh, 15. Verse 15, But as he which has called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, "Be holy, for I am holy." Since we're talking about words, we understand conversation to be words that come out of our mouth. Conversation used here is is also includes manner of living, demonstration of the way we live. So a um, little more to it than just the words there, but it still is a good application to say, "Let." All of your conversation be holy. That's just a, you know, again, we need a filter, don't we? We need a filter on what's coming out of our mouth if we're going to be honoring and glorifying to God. We can't just be spewing out everything that just pops into our head, right? Everything that pops into our head is not not always good or not always what it. We need the filter and the filter needs to be the Holy Spirit. When we have the filter of the Holy Spirit, it helps us to be careful what we say so that it is glorifying to God. It is holy and not unholy. Okay. Um, for as much as you know, you were redeemed with, co- not redeemed with corruptible things as silver, in verse 18, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received from tradition by your fathers okay so there it's talking about tradition you know conversation living that was passed on just passed on well i do this because my grandmother did this you've heard the story of the woman who was making the ham one one holiday and before she made the ham she always cut off the ends and stuck it in the pan and and her daughter said to her why do you cut the ends off is there a reason?" And she said, "Well, my mother always cut the ends off." So they went and they asked the grandma, and grandma said, well, "I don't know. My mother always cut the ends off." They asked great grandma. Well, they come to find out that the reason that the ham, they she the the great grandmother cut the ends of the ham off because she didn't have a pan that was big enough to hold the whole ham. <laughs> That's not the way we want to live our lives, okay? Because of something that we heard, that was passed down from somebody, and we have no idea why we're doing it. That's not a good enough way to live. We've got to know why, why. We, we've got to go back to the word ourselves. We've got to dig in the word ourselves. We can't just take man's or woman's word for it. We've got to go and we've got to read the word. We've got to understand the word. When we don't, we have to ask, Holy Spirit, teach me. You promised you would teach me to understand. I need to understand this. I need to understand how you want me to apply this to my living and not just do things because we heard somebody else did it and it worked for them. That's not good enough. It isn't. It isn't. And that's how we get led into error, unless we know the truth for ourselves. And so... You're not redeemed with corruptible things from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, What was manifest in these last times for you. I just have to stop here long enough to say some people think that when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, it took God by surprise, and so he had to um, make plan B. And plan B was to send Jesus as the Savior of the world. And that's not right. When you read this, you understand that, okay? Christ, who is offered as a lamb without blemish, was verily foreordained before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus was, was already signed, sealed, and, and settled that he was going to be the sacrifice for our sin. Adam and Eve's sin in the garden was no surprise to God, is what I'm trying to say here. (laughs) Okay? So it's just something that we have to understand, that we don't mess up God's plan. We don't take God by surprise. He has foreknowledge. He knows. He knows our, our shortcomings, our strengths, our weaknesses, everything. And he loves us. And he knows how to help us and keep us moving forward so who by him do believe in god that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in god seeing you've purified yourselves in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently you know you can just run right over it but this is what we're this is what the Word tells us to do. So many people say, well, I don't understand the Bible. I don't know what it means. Well, that's pretty simple. Um, you're supposed to love the brethren, uh, one another, with a pure heart fervently. Are you doing that? <laughs> Are you doing that? Just stop right there. Are you doing that? You understand that? What that means, to love each other with a pure heart fervently? That means to care about one another. Genuinely. That's pretty simple. It's pretty basic. The Bible's not a bunch of theories that don't make a lot of sense and you can't figure out how to connect them. No, it's not like that. Really simple stuff uh, where the rubber meets the road in our everyday living. Love one another with a pure heart, fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Here's a wonderful truth about the word, which is what we're studying Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. The word of God is an incorruptible seed. Do you understand what that means? It means it doesn't die. It's incorruptible. And so when the seed of the word of God is planted in our hearts, it is going to produce fruit. It is going to produce, it is going to grow. When we plant it in the life of someone else, share the word with someone else, we don't have to worry about whether or not, you know, the har- the farmer goes out, he plants a lot of seed, doesn't he? he? usually doesn't spend a lot of sleepless nights worrying about whether or not any seeds are going to grow or not. He knows that that given time, sun and rain, in normal proportions, he's going to reap a harvest, right? He doesn't have to He doesn't have to wonder if that's going to happen or not, and neither do we. We plant the seed of the word of God as we share it with one another, as we witness to people. God's word is incorruptible, doesn't die, and so it does grow. It sometimes takes a long time, right? You plant a seed today, tomorrow you don't have a big fat watermelon, right? It takes, it takes a, a period of time, doesn't it? Every seed, no matter what kind you plant, an oak tree, okay? You see those great big oak trees. Beautiful, right? But they didn't, they weren't planted yesterday. It takes some time. And so, you know, as believers, you know, we, we've embraced God's word. We know it's God's word. We know it's true. So we plant a seed. And then we get frustrated because tomorrow it's not an oak tree. We need some of that patience, that farmer patience, right? That farmer mentality that says, hold on, I only planted that seed yesterday. It needs a little more time, it needs a little more watering, it needs a little more mm, sunshine, it just needs a little more cultivating, maybe it needs a little more fertilizer. But we can bank on it that God's word is incorruptible, it doesn't die. And so good seed planted is eventually, some point in time, may take longer than we'd like, but it is going to bear fruit. It is going to grow. And we can bank on it. That's what the word says. We are being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. It's eternal. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? It's eternal. It's not just a natural seed. It's eternal seed. And it's going to produce fruit in the kingdom of heaven once we're there. It's ongoing. It's ongoing. When, when a farmer plants, there's, there's a season, right? At the end of the season, you see the fields get mowed and harvested, and then they lay dormant for a season, right? Whoa. Here we are planting seeds for the kingdom of heaven, and they, it's eternal seed, so it's going to keep on bearing fruit in the heavenly kingdom. You understand? You understand? It's not just here. It's not just here that we're going to get the benefit and see someone maybe uh, come to the Lord and, and get in relationship with the Lord, but there's going to be eternal, eternal results, eternal harvesting that's going to go on. All right, so that's that's something that we have to understand about God's word. So that makes it worth it, you know. Um there are seasons of discouragement and struggle in everyone's life. Nobody's exempt from that. But when we know that what we're doing, planting the seed, being faithful, keeping at it, just being faithful bears eternal rewards yeah. and that it's a, a ongoing etern- eternal. Think about eternal. You know, our minds really don't Wrap around eternal. No, I don't care who you are. The smartest people. Okay. Eternal goes on and 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 on. It doesn't end. Our, our brains, everything we know ends at some point in time. Some long, some short. But everything we know and can touch and experience starts and ends. Starts and ends. But not in eternity. And so when we think about this, that there's eternal eternal consequences at hand, that the word of God liveth and abideth forever. Wow. Just something to ponder, or meditate on a little bit. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower thereof falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever it endures forever there's nothing in this world that endures forever man's greatest look at the shuttle it's on its last mission right when you when you first saw what they created i mean that was amazing right if you if you whatever you look into man there's some of man's creations and technology and stuff that they do that's is mind boggling But it's not eternal. As mind-boggling as it is, as great the invention, as fantastic the technology, it doesn't beat this. The word of the Lord endures forever. End of story. Because there's nothing that we create or come up with that endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So he's trying to tell them here. This is it. This is the this is this is what you gotta bank your life on. The word of the Lord endures forever. It's so wonderful because so everything does change in our lives. People come, people go, situations change, move from this place to that place. This happens, that place, whatever. Things are always changing. We don't like change. Most human beings do not like change, and some human beings like it to the eccentric. Degree where, you know, there's something wrong. Because <laughs> our human nature typically isn't, isn't real good, good with change. And yet everything's always changing. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Here's something we can bank on. That's, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and find out, oops, there's a revision. There's, you need to download some new, uh, information here. Uh, God, God had to change a, change of mind. A new, 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 uh, Overlay, new, whatever. No. Every software program gets outdated, right? You either have to buy a new program or get the upgrade. <laughs> it's true. It's true in every area of, of life. It gets old, they come up. Marketing. Why, why do we have people who take classes for marketing? Because they take an old product and put a fresh spin on it and a new look, and a, and a new jingle, and <laughs> why? Because people get tired of the old, and the new, okay? But here we come to God's word, it's not like that, it's not like that. And what I'm trying to help us understand is, which I say to you often, is when we, we become a part of the kingdom of God, we got to get a whole new mentality. That's why our, our mind does need to be renewed, as the word says. We need that renewing of the mind because the kingdom of God, the principles of the kingdom of God, and and when we come into relationship with him, things are different. It's not the way it is in the world. And we can't assume that what we've known all our lives applies to the kingdom of heaven because it doesn't. Usually diametrically opposed, opposites. So we we have to learn to think according to the word and learn to walk according to the word. Learn to apply the word to our living and the word of the Lord endures forever. And we forget that daily, I've said this to you before too, daily we are sowing seeds for eternity, not just by when we witness to somebody, but by our living, by what we choose to believe, by how we choose to conduct ourselves as we as we interact with one another, with our families, in our relationships, on our jobs, everything, every part of our life. Christ, when we ask Christ into our lives, he moves in. And he wants to be involved in in, in he wants us to to um to to live in a way that demonstrates that he's he's in residence here. And that affects, that comes down into every minute of every day. Not just Sundays, not just when we meet together, not just when we're in, we're with somebody else who also loves God and believes that we kind of be on guard and be careful. No, 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 no. God's not looking for pretenses and phony baloney stuff. He wants it to be real every day. Every day, live in the way that He would have us to live, representing Him well, demonstrating by our living that we believe that God's Word is eternal. And that there's, and as we do that, we're sowing seeds for our eternal home. And once we get that, it makes a difference, make a huge difference in the way we live. And so we want to get it, don't we? Now, of course, you know our Bible is broken up into chapters and verses. You have to remember when Peter sat down to write this, there were no chapters; it just kept on going. You understand? So we'll keep on going here. <laughs> Wherefore, laying aside all malice, all guile. And hypocrisies envies all evil speaking here we go again with the words it tells us what not to speak again the bible's not a mystery book (laughs) it's pretty simple stuff not easy to do all the time but it, it, it it does spell it out lay aside all malice what is malice bad feelings right what'd you say Bad will, right. Bad will towards someone. You wish them evil. Oh, I pray God curses that person or zaps that person. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold it. God didn't set you on the throne or me on the throne yet. <laughs> and so we have to be careful that we don't, we don't have malice and ill will towards people. We have to, that's, that's the place we can work on. Our human nature wants to vindicate everything, you know, and so we we have to check we have to check up on ourselves we don't have to check up on everybody else all around us and that's the other tendency we have as human beings unfortunately is you know we could we could tell one another you know you really need to work on this brother and you need to work on this but it's so hard for us to to look at ourselves and really that's the only place that we're responsible for is right here it's the same principle with forgiveness which i've told you before too Um, People struggle so much with, do I have to forgive this person? Look at what they did to me. And sometimes, truly, when you hear stories of what has been done to people, you can honestly say, I don't know how you could forgive that person, except, except that Jesus, on the cross, as they were crucifying him who was sinless, had done them no wrong, had healed their sick and raised their dead, Said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And he freely forgave us in return. There was no reason. He could have, he could have said, Father, fry them now. (laughs) And they'd have been fried. But he didn't. And so because of his forgiveness and the example of his forgiveness, I can kneel at the cross with my pain. It doesn't say that it doesn't hurt or that the person who wronged me is right. It doesn't say that. But what it does say is, Father, I can't forgive. But if you will pour your forgiveness through me, I will be able to forgive. And we forgive, as Bob said, and the same with the malice here, not so much because the person deserves it. Did we deserve to be forgiven by Christ? No, we don't deserve to deserve. What we deserve is to burn in hell. <laughs> but he loved us enough to rescue us from that that verdict and so we are we are compelled we must forgive for our own sake for our own sake and our unforgiveness holds other people in places of unforgiveness where they can't even get in relationship with God so it behooves us it is imperative that we forgive and that we understand that it doesn't let the person off the hook just because we forgive them okay like I've been teaching you, we plant seeds. We we plant seeds. We reap a harvest eventually. Okay. Whatever they've done and that's wrong, is wrong. They're gonna have to deal with the consequences of that, and they will. It doesn't go away. It doesn't. Our forgiving people and or or our blessing someone who has ill will towards us doesn't make it all right and and say what uh, what they did was was right no but it releases us from that judgment and we are not in that place god didn't put us in that place so we have to understand these things and this is where our daily living you know this is where our daily living is at this is what's going on in all of our lives all guile and hypocrisies you know, guile is a pretense. You know, sometimes we can. We can say something. We can say half the truth. We didn't really lie, but we only said a part of the truth. And we have to just be careful. We have to check up on our own hearts. And hypocrisy, hypocrisy is pretending. Actually, the word hypocrisy uh, in those days... um was like a pl- referred to like a play actor, somebody who put on a mask up in front of their face and pretended to be something that they weren't. That's that's what the meaning held in it uh, in those days. Hypocrisy, so you know, pretending to be what we aren't. God doesn't like that because He knows the real deal anyway, and we're just fooling ourselves or trying to fool ourselves or whatever. I don't know. And envy is in all evil speakings. Envy, here's another one where people um gets so hung up, it divides the best of friends just from envy and jealousy. And we've gotta take exception to it. God hates sin, and this is sin. And we have to say, no, I'm not gonna do that. Um finished with that. And it all has to do with words, because because these when when we express words that have malice, ill will, guile, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, evil speaking. That's the last thing he says is evil speaking. All these things have to do with words that come out of our mouth. And so really and truly, this is where we it meets us where we're living at. We have to pay attention to the words that are coming out of our mouth. And sometimes we have to just stop and say, no, um, sorry, i I shouldn't have started that sentence and I, I can't finish it. That's okay, because we need to learn. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. We can't do this by ourselves, but God doesn't leave us to our own resources. We have the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us, to teach us, to remind us. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Here it tells us to desire the word of God as we as we come to the Lord and as we walk with him, the word should be delightful to us. And when uh, someone is starting out, it should be like a child wants the milk, right? That's a child's instinct. Immediately from the second it's born, it's looking for milk, okay? Even the even the, uh, in the animal kingdom, okay? They know how to find the mother's milk instantly. Who taught them that? Where did they, they learn that? That's built in. That's God-given, Okay? And when we become born again, that should be our first... Where's the Where's the Bible? Where's the Bible? What, what, I have to understand. Where, I have to read the Bible. I have to know what the Bible says for myself. Desire. Have a desire for the Word. Okay, and then of course, we shouldn't stay on the milk bottle all the rest of our lives, right? As we, as we drink that milk and, and grow, it should lead us on to the meat. Later on, he says that too, right? so that we understand and we rightly divide the word and are able to live it, okay? We don't expect as much from a baby as we do from our 20-year-old son or daughter, right? When they're when they're a baby, we are very happy to hold them and give them that bottle and take care of them, change their diapers. But when they're 20, we don't want to be changing their diapers and giving them a bottle anymore, right? There'd be something seriously wrong. Well, this is true in the spiritual realm, too. We become born again after being saved for 20 years. We shouldn't be needing to be coddled and and babied like baby Christians anymore. We should be able to walk in the truth and share start to be able to share the truth, be mature and share the truth with others. Okay. In verse 8, he's talking there about how Jesus said, that some people, some some of the Jews were going to um, stumble at, about who he was—a stone of stumbling, a rock offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they were also appointed. And so here he's saying, you know, that the, and it was true. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Here he was, the living word of God, uh, walking in amongst them, and they stumbled because. It didn't. It didn't line up with the tradition of the of the the conversation of tradition that they were steeped in. They were steeped in cutting the ends off the ham mindlessly. They had a lot of traditions. You, you, you know that funny film, uh, Fiddler on the Fiddler on the Roof. It's an old one, but he sings a b- a, b- a song about tradition, tradition, tradition. It's his tradition, and his children don't want to follow the traditions, and the jewish culture they were steeped in the tradition and jesus was not following the tradition he was he was going for the heart he was going for the real deal and they were all about pretenses and about looking good and making everybody think that they were great on the outside but not really caring about what was going on on their hearts and jesus was cutting through all of that and he was like Mm-mm, not what i'm about i'm about truth in the inside and in your heart and they didn't like that. And so what well, they 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 were offended at that. Well, again, always we have a choice. God's truth, we are either gonna get offended and say, Huh, who are I'm the I don't need to follow that, I don't wanna hear that. That hurt well, we have a choice. Or we're gonna bow at it, and we're gonna say, Yep, you're right, Lord. That's true. It's true about me. And I need I need to change and I wanna change. Humility to say, Yes, Lord. So help me. If you'll help me, I can't do it myself. But if you'll help me, I will. All right, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so there... He's saying, again, what I'm just saying to you, our life needs to demonstrate it. And if you jump down to verse 12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So there he's saying the same thing, that your living matches up with what you're speaking. That even though they're against you and they're trying to trip you up, you're you're true you're true through and through they can't there's nothing nothing that they can find or hold against you and that we can do by the power of the holy spirit again it sows eternal seed we forget there's an eternalness to every day we live every day we live has eternal consequences when are we going to get that every day you know we get caught up in the mundane our days are not sensational typically speaking we go, we, we do, we get up, we have a routine, we have our coffee or our cereal or, or whatever it is you do. Alright? But if you think about it, if you wrote it down, we all have some sort of a, a routine that we go through and every day pretty much follows the same pattern except for once in a great while. Right? That gets wearisome. Truth be told, we all get weary of that. And we all are tempted to think, what's the use? What am I doing? Now, this, is, this is insignificant. I'm not making an eternal difference. But that's a lie. See, the enemy is trying to get us to believe that. Every day is important. Every day is essential. I'm, I'm part of an eternal kingdom. I'm part of the kingdom of heaven. And what I do today does have an eternal impact, even though I may just be doing the normal routine of my life. I can still do it in a way that is honoring to God and that sows eternal seed. That makes, that, that immediately kicks it up a notch on the worst day, right? Imagine, you know what, and, and, and if we can just remind ourselves of this, we all, including myself, have to be reminded of this. That today it does matter. God does and he does care and my living makes a difference today for time and for eternity. So may we keep may God help us to keep that. All right, let's go on now to second um, Peter. I'm sure there's more we could glean from there, but we don't need to belabor it anymore. Second Peter and in chapter one, He's talking about Jesus. And Let's pick up in 16, verse 16, 2 Peter 1, 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. In other words, he's saying, we're not telling fairy tales here. This is not just a, a story we made up. This is the truth. We saw this with our very eyes. I'm an eyewitness. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Peter heard that voice. You remember that. That That's neat that it comes out today because we have baptism today. Erica's going to be baptized. And when Jesus was baptized, That's what the father said. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And so they heard the voice, the words of God. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. And later when Jesus was transfigured, they heard the same voice. It was a distinguishable voice. (laughs) Most people thought it just thundered that they heard that voice. And we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well, that ye take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your heart, knowing this verse, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation, for prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were driven, should say, of the Holy Ghost. And here we see that Peter got what jesus taught after the resurrection after the resurrection jesus taught his disciples about the how he was the fulfillment to the prophecies of the old testament and peter got it they all got it but we see here because he writes it down and um so he's telling them that it's a sure word of prophecy and we can bank on it okay Yes, and we have plenty of false prophets in our world too that have vain words. How will we know the difference unless we know the word of God? That's why we've got to know it. And that's why we got to read the book. And it's okay to read it in a version that you understand. If you have a hard time reading the Old King James version with the, all the eths and these and thous, some people like that. Some people have a hard time with that. So it doesn't, you know, as long as you're reading a, a translation of the Bible and not just a paraphrase of the Bible. That's what you want to be careful of, because paraphrases often have other people's ideas in them. But if it's a translation of the Bible, then there's many good ones. Then and it's a little easier read for you. Then you need to you need to read it in the person so you understand. All right, Second Peter three five. He's talking about the coming of the Lord, that the Lord is going to come, knowing that in the last days scoffers will come walking after their own lusts. Scoffers, scoffers, that's words. All right? That's saying, huh Yeah, he hasn't come yet, so what what do you what do you think? You know, and unfortunately we have we have people in our world who are saying, Oh yeah, he's gonna come on such and such a date at such and such a time and such and such an hour. Well, if you know the word, as we've discussed before, you know the word says that nobody knows the time, the day, the hour. So you would hear that and you would say, uh-uh, nope, not what the book says. That's wrong. And you won't know that unless you know the book. So we got to know the book. That's what we're That's right. That's why we got to know the book. He only gave us one. He didn't give us a hundred. It's a blessed thing. (laughs) Imagine if we had to go to a library full of books and God said, now these are all the books. You got to read them all and spend the rest of your life, you know, figuring this out. No. No. He made it simple enough that we can, we got one book. He wants us to live by it. Amen. Praise the Lord. And you know, there's even people, we had a gentleman in our church years ago, who couldn't read. And he wanted to read the Word. And God taught him how to read. He could read the... the only thing he could read was the Bible. It was the only thing he could read. One time somebody put a paper, a newspaper in front of him and says, well, if you can read that, you should be able to read the newspaper. And he looked at it and he says, well, that looks like the word um, God, but that's not my God. He couldn't really read the newspaper he the Lord helped him to read the Bible and understand the Bible. So, you know, God's not limited by our limitations. You know, our, sometimes we have limitations, humanly speaking, or intelligence wise. God's not limited by that stuff. His revelation will come whether we're a good reader or not a good reader. <laughs> and, and He has ways of helping us in every, in every area. So, we're not limited because we forget god is the creator he created us so if if we need a little more help in any area guess what he can give it to us he's the one who can and so we have this wonderful resource he didn't just throw the book at us and say figure it out for yourself i'll see you someday at heaven's gate no he's promised to never leave us never forsake us he walks through us Through the good, through the bad, through the ugly. He's there. He's a resource. Then he gave us his Holy Spirit to reside inside of us so that we can be empowered. We have the power. We have like an engine inside of us empowering us. (laughs) We're not alone. We're not alone. We got to get that through our heads. We're not left to our own resources. We have a God who is abundantly able. And then the next time we'll go on to 1 John. 1 John has quite a bit in it about the word. So we'll stop there for today. And let's just close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your word. So instructs us and teaches us in the way that we should go. Help us, Lord, to live it. Show us, Lord, where we don't. And help us, Lord, to be willing to change in our ways accordingly. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for your word and that you just don't leave us to our own resources, but you do empower us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.